guys, welcome to another podcast of Consider This Question. Today we are in the studio with Jim Johnson, Drew Moss, and myself, Morgan. And um, we're just talking through this question of why do we pray? What's the point? We uh, here at Sunnybrook, we talk a lot about God's sovereignty and um, just how powerful he is and um, his position and where are we are positioned um, in relation to that. And so sometimes we get this question from people, actually oftentimes we get this question from people, which is, what is, why am I praying? What's the point of praying if God is all-powerful, he knows what's going to happen, he's in control, what's the point of prayer? And so we're going to address that question today on this podcast, along with just a few others that we've gotten from some people in our congregation about this issue of prayer. So um, Drew or Jim, which one of you want to go ahead and start with that first question? What happens when we pray? Um, does God change his mind? If not, what's the point? What's the point of this? I'll jump in. All right. Um, the I do always, I every time I get this question, specifically when we talk about God changing his mind, I think of uh, two different uh, two different stories in the Bible. One is in Exodus 32 when uh, God is giving the, the Ten Commandments to Moses up on Mount Sinai. He's giving kind of the law in general, and uh, the people of Israel literally make it zero seconds into the giving of the law before they disobey because before before Moses has even gone down they're worshiping this golden calf and and God sees it and he tells Moses that's it I've had it with these people I'm going to destroy them and I'm going to start over with you and Moses pleads with God to uh to to basically change his mind says please don't do this please what it what will the Egyptians think that you just brought these people out with ill intent to just kind of slaughter them in the wilderness and and remember your promise to Abraham Isaac and Jacob and and then it says that God uh, relented in the ESV and and changed it 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 could be translated changed his mind or regretted what he said or sometimes it's translated like felt sorry um, for, for that statement, and he, he changed his mind and decided not to do that. And then the other one is in Second Kings, I think it's 20, uh, with, with Hezekiah. I don't know if you guys remember the reference or not, but where God sends the prophet Isaiah into, into uh, Hezekiah the king's courts and says, basically, thus saith the Lord, you are going to die. You've got this illness, and, and it's going to be the end of you. Put your house in order. And as Isaiah is leaving, Hezekiah starts to pray and plead with God and remember, Lord, my faithfulness. and Remember how I tried to serve you. Please, please don't let this happen. And, and as Isaiah is about to leave, God comes to Isaiah and says, turn around, tell Hezekiah I heard his prayer, and now I'm going to now I'm going to heal him and, and add years to his life. And in both of those issues, it, it appears that God changes his, again, in, in Exodus 32 specifically, it uses that phrase, changes his mind. And so it appears that something does change there. Now, I always go back to what Jim says, uh, and, and Jim, you can help me say this better. Um, when we're talking about God, we're talking about someone bigger than our human language is able to describe and whose motives and whose actions are bigger. And so I think if we were to go to God and say, hey, it says here in Exodus 32, God, that you, you changed your mind. Um, so is that what happened? You, you were thinking one thing and then you decided another thing that Moses brought this up to you about you know, slaying the people in the wilderness and you go, hey, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, I think God would say, no, uh, listen, the, the way I operate um, the closest thing you have in your human language and the closest thing you can get to understanding is this idea of changing your mind. It's, it's different than that, um, but, but it's something like it. And, and that's as close as we can get. But from, that, from those texts, and, and there's some other things, but I do believe that, that 
something changes when we pray that that it does actually kind of alter the course of things a lot of times so i don't know i don't know your thoughts on that jim well i mean i think that first of all this is a great question because what they're trying to find out is um, i'm trying to be faithful Uh, for example the question why pray we could easily go to matthew 6 and say well jesus instead of just ordering us to pray seems to almost assume it's going to be a natural part of our Mm -hmm. obedience to him and our journey with god yeah so when you pray pray like this and as you pray Pray like this. So there really is this assumption that prayer communicating with God is going to be a natural part of our lives. Um, I find it interesting that in the Matthew 6 text, when Jesus teaches us how to pray, he actually prays that we, or he teaches us to pray with the statement, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's kind of like one of the primary or foundational ways yeah. that, that prayer works, okay? Um, and so the more that we begin to look at that, it's very interesting that a lot of the questions that I ask or that others ask regarding prayer is almost like, how can I circumvent God's will? We don't say it this way, but we almost mean like, how can I get what I want? Like, why pray if I'm not going to get what I want? And so I think that becomes part of the dilemma and part of the problem. Okay. So now going into the text that you use, and I can't remember if you said first or second Kings. It's second, second Kings. It yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. It is second Kings 20. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't think in the text it ever says that God changes his mind, yeah, but, it but it, it appears like he yeah. does. And I would even say there's tons of those. Mm-hmm. There's a number of those where, where every time God says, this is the judgments that's going to come, he gives the same judgment against Ahab. Ahab, this is what's going to happen. And Ahab prays and God says, okay, I, it won't happen during your lifetime. So that's a common occurrence. And the, the part that I keep coming back to is um, how language tries to explain an infinite language by definition is finite. It limits us. It has to, because we have to categorize things and put things in categories. Um, how do you do that with the divine, with God? And so language is never going to fully explain what's happening. And that's why it's good to go back and to remember the ultimate characteristics of God. So when he is communicating himself to us, there is a limiting uh, process of revelation. Um, so when, when, when God, here's how I have it in my own mind, in the Exodus 32 account, um, God is saying, okay, now let me, let me try to explain to you what, what I am going through, and I'm going to change my mind with this. For God to interact with us, I don't know of another way than yeah. for him to condescend. Yeah. Right. I don't know another way for him to, he's going to have to use language and he will describe himself as father and rock and shepherd. And those words too, by definition, are not the fullness of who he is. He's bigger than all of those. So when God is saying things, he's doing it in his way. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, here is what, here's what I'm feeling. I'm going to call that love. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden I've got this human word love and God, I'm going to change my mind, but he does it like God who never changes his mind. He does it like God, who knows all things from beginning to end. Um, and so it's going to be virtually impossible for us to talk about him with the kind of precision that we want. Yeah. So with, this, with these questions that we're asking, legitimate questions about prayer, they want a precision and the nature of God and our limited the the big the expanse of God's nature and our limited nature makes the conversation always at the very end there is an elusive element within yeah. it, and I yeah. think that becomes the problem. Yeah. What do you mean by elusive? What well, I, I mean that there's it's it's still going to be a let me explain this to you the best that I can. It's like talking to a three year old about an issue, and you're trying to tell them 
where babies come from and you just say the hospital <laughs> and it's way more complicated than that it's way more complicated yeah, than that they but they don't, don't have, under they they don't, the framework for you to even be able to use any words that they could understand anyway sure even like if they, you, yeah and and I, honestly a three-year-old's probably asking that question yeah where did where did where did where did my brother come from yeah oh, the hospital yeah right so there's no way to explain to him. He doesn't have the, the the framework with which to understand it. So when we're literally trying to say to God, so then did you change your mind or not? Yeah. And I think God would get into a long diatribe about, no, 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 no first of all, you do know that I know all things. Yes. Yeah. From beginning to end, yes. So how could I change my mind? Yeah. Well, I guess you really can't. Like God didn't sure. start going down one direction and then not go another. And I know we're answering this. We, yeah. we say we're answering this philosophically. Well, what about the Bible? We need yeah. to go back and see what the Bible says. Well, the truth is, is that the Bible says seemingly contradictory things, that God does not change his mind, uh-huh. and here's a place where God changed his mind. Yeah. And so now you and I have to do the work because we believe in the unity of Scripture, Yeah. that those two things somehow actually coincide. And the more that the more that I look at it, I just think the best explanation is um, I, I can't get rid of all the texts that clearly describe God as all knowing. So I think what God does is He enters into, which is I think a great biblical pattern, right? Whether it be Matthew one when He comes down and right yeah. the incarnation of Jesus or whatever. Um, whenever you have this, God kind of enters into our framework and He has a conversation with us. And the most natural way for Him to do that is Hezekiah, I'm going to take your life. And then Hezekiah responds, and God sees that and recognizes that. Um, the Bible actually talks about God coming down to see what's going on. And, you, and I, I would ask you, do you believe that's what he really did? You didn't, you didn't think he knew before he came down? Or is that the Bible's way of describing what's happening? Yeah. And it's, I think it's the second, not the first. And I think prayer becomes a big part of that. And that's why it's so important that we remember who it is that we're praying to, his sovereignty. You mentioned that at the very beginning. His um uh is all knowing nature, his omniscience. So if he is all knowing, we, we still have to answer the question, so then why pray if he's all knowing? But I think it's good for us to recognize these deep biblical truths that we find. Um even even the references that you made, not the Exodus the one, but the second Kings twenty, is in the context of a prophet calling people to repentance, in which all of those are this is going to happen unless you repent. Yeah. Well, how could God ever say this is going to happen unless you repent? It's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. But God chooses to give us one day at a time, and he chooses us to give us revelation as we move forward. So it's almost like he enters into the narrative, so to speak. And I, I would say, I don't even think he limits himself, but the text appears to describe him as a in a somewhat limited nature. Although we all submit to the fact, at least we should submit to the fact that there's more going on behind the scenes yes. that the text doesn't give. And here's here's but, where I struggle. You want to you want to finish something real quick? Well, I want to I want to I do want to say I, this. I hope I didn't derail that. No, I I just want to say this. Regardless, I I will I believe this about prayer. Regardless of how we try to de, to describe it in the way God works, we may not be able to do that. I do believe that God that prayer actually does change things it's more than a practice in my own spiritual formation sure. that sure i believe there are things that happened today because some people prayed about it that would not have happened if they wouldn't have prayed about it and vice versa i believe that yeah, there are I things I I believe that there are things that are not happening today in the world that would have happened had god's people prayed about it um 
but because they didn't, it didn't happen. So I don't know how to clear that all up with God's nature and character and how that works specifically. And I don't believe it's a formula. You know, I don't think anytime we try to get formulaic with prayer to say, if we pray, then this happens. If we don't pray, then this doesn't happen. It's not quite like that. But when, when Jesus says things like ask and you will receive, seeking you will find right after he's done teaching the Lord's prayer in Luke 11, um, that implies don't ask and you won't to some degree. Sure. Or when he says in that, if you go to a friend's house in the middle of the night, you need bread because, because a visitor's come. He says, I tell you that because of, because of your persistence at that person, you get what you receive. And prayer is like that, which implies... Luke the, eight, that's the Luke 18 passage. Is that Luke, Luke 18 is the persistent is widow. Is the persistent widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I so think we Luke, need to yeah. keep... Yeah, and, or you but, might be referring to another one. Yeah, yeah, the, the neighbor going to his neighbor's oh, house yep, at night yep, or whatever. Yep, but yeah, yep. the Luke 18 is a great one too because that implies... A person who does not persistently seek God, I think the, the Luke 18 one even says like, Jesus told them this parable to show them that they should always keep praying and not lose heart or yeah. something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the idea is, it implies at least, infers, if you don't do these things, then you won't receive this stuff. It, See, and, and the, part, the part where it's not complicated in my own mind, although it's complicated, no, I shouldn't say that. It's not overwhelming, but it's still complicated in my mind is that I just see God as so perfectly holding everything together sovereignly um, that he has built that into the system, right? So I'm not, it, it's not like God's going, wow, I, I, need to, I need to change some things because Jim prayed and I didn't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that whether with the Hezekiah's prayer, well, how did Hezekiah know to pray? Well, the Lord sent Isaiah, the son of Amos, mm-hmm. to go and to do this. So God enters into the process knowing exactly what's going to happen, knowing exactly what Hezekiah is going to do. Um, and God chooses in those instances to limit. We, we use that phrase. I don't know yeah. how you do that. But yeah. again, anytime I try to talk about God, but to to truly engage us with the exact purpose of doing what you've described. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's another question that we need to realize is, does does God know if I'm going to or not going to pray? And the answer is yes. And that's, uh, that's part of the equation, is that we have to be very careful trying to tie God into completely either our will or our plan or our system. He truly stands above and beyond all of this. And it's important for us to remember that. Therefore, I do believe we pray, and I, and I have no problem understanding the limitations of language. In the right context, I have no problem saying, and my prayers will change or affect the heart of God. Mm-hmm. But they, if you were to say, really, like change? And I say, yes, change. But it is a change that resided in him, that came from him, that results <laughs> back in him, right? So I'm never, I'm never going outside of the system of his, of his foreknowledge and his plan and his direction. That's where, uh, as, as, as somewhat Arminian, our, our background, yes. when it comes to prayer, we, we, if, we're, if we're good at what we are thinking theologically, we're very Calvinistic. Prayer, we become very Calvinistic in our prayers hmm. um, as classical Arminians. I, I really believe we do. I just, I've never known anyone um, who believes in free will and all of that. They still believe that God knows this. They still believe, I've never met anybody um, in, in, my, in my training and in my, in my teaching that would argue more of an open theistic position, yeah, that God is unaware and that God is not knowing and that my prayer changes God in a way where it's like process theology, where truly God's in his, in his being down deep is truly changed. That's not what we believe. We actually believe this is all 
still within his foreknowledge and his plan and his design. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense. I think what I hear people asking sometimes, what I've struggled with before is even like, if, if that's the case, and I, I agree with you, and when you talk about like his will and even Jesus when he prays in accordance with his will and all these things, it just makes you think of prayer as a, almost, you think of it as a dialogue and a conversation and some sort of more intimate setting. Um, and it just makes it feel like it's not those things. It feels like somehow it removes us, it moves us further away from one another. And so it makes sometimes this feeling of prayer where I'm, I'm having this, you know, I'm trying to seek him and have him do something to me, you know, and, and those sorts of things. It's like, is that, it feels almost like there's a distance that grows with the understanding that you know, in accordance with your will. And it, it just, I don't know how to really explain no, I, that. No, I, it just makes him feel more distant, well, but, you know? Yeah, but I'll tell you, I, I, first of all, I agree with you. I'm not, but, and I wrestle with this. When I hear you describe that, Morgan, and I hear others describe it, and I hear myself describe it, um, it still seems like what you're asking is that you want your way, not God's way. Right. So then it's, what and is the point? That, what is the point of prayer? And Well, see, but it is going back to, to Matthew 6. It is for our will and God's will to be one. Right. It is the, it is the union of the wills. Right. Which, which, by the way, his will will always be sovereign and my will will always be subservient. And so a lot of the questions that people are asking, and so I'm not saying, hey, you're crazy or you're even being rebellious or wrong. Right. But when you're talking about the distance, um, and like I said, I hear it easier in you than I hear in me, you sound more and more, oh, I want to be careful saying this, please be patient, please be you sound more and more like a spoiled child. Right. Like yeah. if I'm not going to get what I want, then why ask? Right. And I, and as a parent, I just, like I just, that really grates me. Right. Because it, it totally undoes m like me as a father. Mm -hmm. I want to, if you were my daughter, right? And I would mm -hmm. just say, like, Morgan, do you not know that your mom and I love you? Do you not know how much we care about you? Mm -hmm. And man, I want our wills to be one. I really do. Like mm -hmm. I want to have a conversation, but my will will always, as your dad, and pretend you're not, you know, whatever you are, 25, but you're mm -hmm. five. Mm -hmm. And I look at you and I say, listen, like Morgan, I, I need you to understand like who I am mm -hmm. and that I, I want us to have like a, a growing sense, but I'll always be your dad and I'll always have to make the final decision. And I'm trying to train you in this conversation and in this relationship to choose the right thing. And sometimes I will, and, and then I see in you choosing right things. I see my will as a father start to be lived out in your life. I mean, I've seen, you've probably seen this with, with your own son. Mm -hmm. And the more that you see the, the, the wills joining together and the more that that happens through conversation, but with us, with God, that's prayer. We are actually being formed into the image of God. And I think it's that dynamic that always is the, is the, is the end goal. So when I think about my prayers, I go to God and I share everything. And I don't just, oh, and by the way, God, I know in the end you're going to do what you want to do, so peace out. It's like I, I spend a lot of time begging him to help me see his will in my request and to shape me in such a way that I can understand why and how he is working out his answer to my prayer. And so I linger long there in my prayer time. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, I want Max to not have diabetes. It's right. sure I'll begin there. God, take it away, take it away, take it away. I know you can. I know you can. I so know you can. 
God, you don't seem to be taking, because conversation extends over days and months and weeks and years. You don't seem to be taking away. Why aren't you taking it away? And and God says back to me, are you angry with me? And I'm having a conversation, and I'm, I'm not really angry with you, but why is it this way? And I don't understand it, and it hurts, and I hate seeing his mom hurt. And there's this constant conversation that's going on where my will becomes one with the Father. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the Lord's Prayer that we see in Matthew 6. And, so, and that's the dynamic I think we're trying to to recognize and to push people towards. Okay, so you guys, it sounds like you're saying two things that sometimes line up and sometimes don't, but I think they do ultimately line up. But you're talking about, so the point of prayer, part of that, part of the, one of the points of prayer is that we are formed to, um, our our will is becoming more and more formed to line up with the fathers. I, I think without without stopping and spending a lot of time reflecting on it, um, and I have in the past, I think that is the primary point of prayer and then drew said earlier it's not just i'm being formed but we really do believe that that there's things that change because of it and so what i'm trying to understand is maybe we're saying that's you know what jim said is the primary which is us being lined up with the will of god and you're saying things change but things don't change outside of the will of god yeah, I think that when when it comes to prayer, that we're that we're praying things that as we pray these things and and the stuff that it causes to change are are I believe in line with what God wants, that it is in line with with what he wants and and he desires to have, you know. Um I think of is it is it you're in 2 Timothy right now, or is it 1 Timothy where he says I urge that prayers and intercessions be made for um people in authority and stuff and this this uh, is good and it lines up with God who wants all men to be saved. And so w- what Paul, I think, is saying is God wants this. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to want this, so pray for this. And I think Paul would literally say more people will be saved if you pray this way because you are asking God, you are pressing on God to see his will done, his kingdom come and his will be done. And I think Paul would say, and if you don't, less people will. I, I think so. Again, we're when we come to people's salvation and stuff, we're getting into a whole nother issue of free will and sovereignty and how much okay. they have a have a ability to choose. So I would again, I, I would I would go with Jim and say that yeah, prayer is largely about our own formation. I just don't think it's just that that it's just me getting well, lined up with. Well, it. but and here's the other thing is, I I'll 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 challenge you on this, but I think we agree. <laughs> I think it is just that, but it's not just that in a static sense. It's actually that in a dynamic sense, meaning that what I agreed with Drew's first statement, which is I'm not just kind of randomly going through this, and it really isn't about what I want. Um, it's about me being formed. Okay? I agree with that statement, Drew, which I mm-hmm. think is what your original statement was, uh-huh. something along that line. I would say that when those things truly collide against one another, it is about me genuinely asking for what I want, God even giving it because I've asked for it. Going back to the text that mm-hmm. Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Yeah. So the more that that happens, Jesus says, you need, to, you need to ask and you will receive. You need to seek these things and God will give them to you. So there is an active dynamic engagement in which it takes place. All of that, though, is done under God's sovereign plan in which it is all about my own spiritual formation. So... That's the part where I would say, no, it really still does come back to the fact that through prayer and through kind of that constant communication and relational uh, connection with God, 
um, that he gives me things that I ask for that are in accordance with his will and ultimate purpose. Um, and by the way, the will of God is such a huge, mm-hmm. huge chasm of, of, uh, complication. Yeah, complication. So, <laughs> um, but does that, I mean, are we, do, are we disagreeing or I, not? I, we might be if, if we're, if wow. you're talking, okay. yeah, if I you're, love it when you're wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. If you're talking, if you're talking big picture. So here's, here's the big issue is technically we, we believe that God can do whatever he wants, however he wants, with or without our permission or our request. That's how God could have done everything, right? In connection with his character. Yes. So yes. not whatever so, he wants. Well, yeah, no, no, truly. Yeah, he can yeah, do whatever he wants because <laughs> his character is going to do, yeah, yes, whatever he wants. Limit, yeah, he's limited yeah. by his own character. So yeah. I believe, so technically I believe that God, God easily could have had a system in which prayer doesn't even, doesn't even need to exist necessarily. Like God could have just said, I've got it all worked out, fate is going to happen this way and doesn't matter if anybody ever prays or not this sure. is how we're going to do it sure. for whatever reason god has chosen to god has chosen to make the universe to make the way the world works a place where we ask him for things and he responds to those things and if you want to say why did god big picture why did god choose to make a universe with prayer rather than a universe without prayer then i would say the answer is what you said because a universe with prayer causes us to form our hearts to his, causes us to to ask him things that um, hopefully line up with him. And when they don't line up with him, it causes us to enter into a conversation, a dialogue with him that shapes our hearts and those things. And so I do believe, big picture, sure. that, that that is the main reason God chose to use prayer. I don't know if this gets, I feel like I'm confusing myself even when I say this. <laughs> well, but it's a, I mean, but, l- join the club. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the small form, when God puts it on my heart to pray for a lost person to see the gospel clearly, um, to have his eyes open to the gospel so that he will come to him, is the only reason God wants me to do that is just so I can be formed? Or is, or, or does God actually want me to pray for that so that, for real, that person's eyes would be open to the beauty of the gospel, right? Sure, but I yeah, but I would say no, yeah, and that's where I think we. We're, sorry, I hate to tell you this, but we're actually in agreement. Oh, shoot. No, we, yeah, we don't disagree. <laughs> I, but, but I would say that from your perspective and from what's actually happening, it is about your formation, and then everything, everything that I pray for, whether it's Max's health or your friends, there are other ways in which it develops out. And it extends over and yeah. above and beyond. Okay. Yeah. But my prayerful communication, you know, and I would even argue, and I don't think you would disagree, um, that the reason why God didn't just build prayer into the system, prayer is in fact communicating. God exists in communicating with His own Trinitarian being, yeah. right? So Father, Son, and Spirit. There is this union that exists in relationship with one another. There's no way relationships exist without communication. Communications between us involves not only, but speaking. And therefore, when God creates us in his image, sharing a nature with him, communication is going to be a natural part. So mm-hmm. prayer, um, you know, one of the problems I hate, I, I don't like with the word prayer itself, is sometimes it seems like it's a special language. And I want to say, really, it's we could actually use the phrase communicating with God, asking God things, mm-hmm. talking with him. I mean, those are also words that we could use that explain it. Um, and so I would say, yes, that there is an, there is an out, outward dimension to much of my, hopefully, hopefully in every prayer, there's also that additional friend who comes to Christ, person who blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, is all of that. 
But at the very heart of what is going on when I am communicating with him is me understanding who he is and me, um, again, I have to use human language, me changing God's mind on some things. If I were to use Exodus 32 material, uh, me begging with God and God permitting me my way. Um, And I would even say it can get so complicated that I wouldn't be surprised if God let me have my way like a disciplining father that actually hurt me. Well, would that not right? would that not be the people and and this might be wrong. I'm sitting with like people that I'm intimidated by sometimes. So just you know, but in in First Samuel, right? Whenever he, the people want a king, yeah, and yeah, he's and Samuel example. says no, like God's supposed to be our king, and they're no, we want an earthly king, and God says you're right, I'm supposed to be their king, but I'll give them a king if that's what they want. Yeah, it'd be like that example yes. of he's he's permitting something to yes. happen that he doesn't. That was not his intention and plan at the begin. You know, original design. It's not. We're not choosing what's best yes. in that moment. But he's letting him have it for the hope that they will choose what's best eventually. God, right? I really want. I mean, you know, I have a crush on some girl in the fifth grade. Yeah, Heather McComb, and man, I really, I really. <laughs> That's a I, real I, person. I, I know. I know. It is. She is a real person. Jim does this all the time. Um, yeah. Anyway, well. I've never, yeah, we haven't talked in years, but anyway, and I really can't imagine not having her and God lets me date her. Um, and you know, I, I have no idea if that was like a, a true work of the Lord or not. You know, I begged and begged and I begged him and next thing you know, we're dating. So let's just assume it was the way it was. Um, I, I would, I would say if God comes back, he says, yes, why did you do that? And he says, to show you that you could not find complete enjoyment and peace in her. Really? And so sometimes when we even talk about God's answer to our prayers, it always ends with this most amazing, ta-da, and then it ended, Uh and then we kind of fade into the sunset. Uh And I believe much like the relationships that we have with friends or with our children or whatever, it's a much more dynamic, a much more complicated, and we are talking about communicating with the um, all-knowing. If the movie Bruce Almighty cannot even begin to give a hint of the complexity of what yeah. it means to uh, to to do the works of God. I mean, just imagine how much of this is, you know fits together. So, going back to the question about why would we why would we communicate with Him if this is already decided? I mean, think about the movie Bruce Almighty, right? What if you remember? Do you, did you ever see that movie, Morgan? Yeah. Okay. So, what does he decide to do? I'm going to say yes to everybody. Yeah, right? and then the world and then, falls apart. And, well, because of all the competing interests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you, th- if you really think about it, this is why we have to always go back and say, I want you to pray knowing the true character of God, knowing that he is loving, knowing that in the end it is about his glory, knowing that in the end. And now I want you to give him your request. Mm-hmm. And what, what people always get wrong is they go, oh, yeah, you're right. So it doesn't matter if Max gets di- his diabetes goes away. It doesn't matter if Oklahoma State beats Baylor last night. And I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> like, I'll ask for the craziest things. Right. Okay? I will. I will ask for the craziest things. And then asking in that conversation, acknowledge the fact that what I am asking for God seems so small. Mm. And helping me see, like, God, I'm still going to ask you for it because I think I should ask you for everything. And um, help me realize how small that is. Help me realize, you know, and I, I mean, I have some crazy conversations with him that just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Why? Because I'm trying to figure out how these things fit together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it. And I keep coming back to that idea in general of converse, of conversing. It's like, so even if, you know, this is a means for us to cu- communicate with God, 
that he's a, a me- he has given us a means to communicate with him, which that blows my mind. Like the alternative to going, what's the point, yeah. is to not communicate with him. Yeah. You know, so even just in the fact that we get to communicate with him, there's a gratefulness I have in praying praying to him. I think where it can get complicated, and then we have to move to the next question, but we're for already, another. We're, actually, we're going to probably have to do a Peyton Manning here. Second, yeah. I mean, okay. seriously, I think we're going to have to call an audible here. So Okay, we got three minutes. Well, here, can I just ask a question? Yeah, we're, we've been in for 33, so. Oh, man. Okay. Should we just close then? <laughs> or can I ask a question? No, I mean, no. I mean, we, got, we, have, we, have a, we have a few more. So. Okay. Well, I think. By the way, I'm, let me say this real quick. The reason why we try to keep these to 30-ish to 40-ish minutes is to, you know, we understand that as you as listeners. Get it, bored yeah, with us. <laughs> fall asleep after a certain uh, amount of time. It's usually at this point, I just, I'm basically doing hand puppets <laughs> to make Drew laugh. Yep. Oh, I've, I just took a five-minute nap over there for a second. <laughs> oh, so. whatever. <laughs> okay, so here's like, here's where I, and I know this is wrong. This is why I'm, it's like frustrating even asking these questions, but it goes, it's like these things that I still wrestle with. But, you know, when we talk about, I think another reason why it's so frustrating is if prayer is just me, is just, uh, you know, is only me being formed or is that's the thing, then sometimes it can be misinterpreted as, so if I'm asking him for things and he's not, and and, and that those things aren't happening, then I'm somehow not at the same maturity level as another person who asks and, and they receive those things, like healing of something. So they ask for healing and it happens. Or, um, or even like as small as, uh, as being married, I've had so many people say, well, you just don't, um, like as soon as I just completely gave my life to God in every area and trusted him, then, then he granted me that, like, then it somehow became a part of his plan for me, you know? And so I, you hear those things and I know it's bad theology, I know it's not, but it's just, those things will start to mess with you and you start to think, so is the reason why, how come when I pray, so much of what I'm praying, like nothing, sometimes it feels like it just doesn't get anywhere. And I think, I know what you're saying about it goes back to that spoiled child thing. And that's what I keep coming back to is it's like, okay, maybe then my perspective of him needs to shift and it needs to be more about this. But then that's whenever it starts to just feel like, so then I don't even know if he cares about me. If it's just, I'm, I'm shifting to. Well, he did send his son to die in your place. Yeah, I know, I know. And so I keep going, you keep him. going back and forth. But when no, I'm talking I, I about. I hear you, but I mean. Yeah, I know that that objectively happened. It's just like, but I want to have an intimate relationship with him. You know, and it feels sometimes like that is an abstract thing. Or do you like want Max to not have thing. diabetes? Like, no, but this is where, this is where it really begins yeah. to hit the rub. The rubber hits the road is that, um, I, you know, I remember you and I had a conversation with this a long time, Morgan. Mm-hmm. You, you are very much a systematic a plus B equals C, okay? Right. Um, and you were, you were going through the Old Testament and how God works. Yeah. And I've never liked the fact that... And he doesn't work one-to-one. God one. let yeah. just... The greatest king was Josiah. God let him die in a battlefield. One of the worst kings was Ahab. God let him live out his life and then said, man, Ahab, because you repented well. Now, by the way, you're still an absolute scoundrel and I'm still going to totally punish you, but I'm, I'm actually going to not... I'm going to let you live to the end of your life and then I'm going to let someone else live longer than that. And I'm going to let... And then I'm going to let the, your, your reign through your lineage actually extend into the future generations. And I'm just like, okay, that is that makes no sense to me. Who's in charge? And God goes, I am. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I'm just going to trust you on this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I, I love to put the very good question you're asking in the context of going, so Paul wanted whatever it was for the um, thorn in the flesh to be removed. And God said, no. And nowhere does Paul go, okay, how do I, 
how do I manipulate this so God does what right. I want? Or maybe what I need, if I, if I was a little more godly or mature, then he would answer Paul that question. Paul should have tried or, harder. Like, yeah. Paul knows not even to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, like, what did Jesus do wrong that when he was in the garden and praying and God ignored his prayer? Yeah. Like, just, like, for those of us that ask the question, and why didn't God answer my prayer, I'm going... Or question your identity, I think, out of it. Sure. Yeah. But That's what it is. But it's like, really it's like question, right. I really I question have a relationship my re- Yeah, I question my relationship But what with we him. find out is, at least what I find out is, is that my identity is not as rooted in him as it is in wanting Heather McComb. And I know that sounds funny because she was in the fifth grade. I just think in eternity, almost everything that we ask for that God says no is going to sound a lot like Heather McComb. Mm-hmm. Like from the eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where bad people get yeses and good people get noes in the Bible. Like, just read the scriptures. And what you find out is there is truly nothing bigger than God's sovereign and perfect will to be brought up. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to know why they didn't get. And I, and and then they, and then the other person got, right? No, but no, and here's here's where I would even question that. When someone says, hey, I prayed and then I got, I want to go. First of all, we, we don't know if that's exactly how it all worked out. Second of all, we still don't know how the story is going to, to work out. Mm-hmm. So you think it's worked out great. But it's not the end. It is so not the end. Right. And by the way, that best thing could go bad and then good and then good and then good and then bad and then bad and then bad and then worse and then terrible. Yeah. So I know so many people who've begged for a spouse and then they got a divorce. I know so many people that begged for a child and then that child got sick or became rebellious. And we just, we just wanted to adopt a child. And then that child was a problem child. Mm-hmm. Well, what? I, I don't understand this. Why, why did God allow this to happen? And I get, listen, th- that's a brilliant question. And the only way to even find that question is through prayer. Mm-hmm. And by the way, at the end, I still think there's going to be a lot of silence. He, you there, can't, there's going to be a lot of silence. Yeah. Which is one of the most frustrating things and one of the best things about him is that you can't figure him out. You know, you can't, you can't... Um, and I think there's a difference between <laughs> trying to figure him out and trying to know him. And I think sometimes those feel like the same things and it can That's, be frustrating because I feel like, can I know you better and still not know you fully? See, but that's you huge. Know? What you said, you need to almost just like stop and think about it. There's a difference between figuring him out and knowing him. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the two really do look like they're the same thing. Yeah. And people that are the figure out kind, and I've been the figure out kind. Yeah, I'm that a lot of the time. So when you're trying to figure it out, again, it's it's what A.J. Conyer says in his book, um, The Eclipse of Heaven. Instead of being a God to be worshipped, he's a God to be used. Mm-hmm. And the, be- the best of us can, that's not just bad people, the no. best of us can fall into that. Right. And then you have to ask the question, so do you really want like Max to be healed? Do you really want to be married? Do you really want grandchildren? Do you really want... Um, and, and by the way, it can be the most noble things. Do you really want your child to come to Christ? Mm-hmm. Yes. At what expense? At what cost? And then I have to remember God's the one in, in charge and in control of all of this. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I have, we have, we got through question one before. <laughs> But, um, and I think I'll be asked to not be on the next one so that they can get no, better. that's not true. I enjoy it. I enjoy being able to ask when questions lead to other questions. So, um, we will, I guess, pick it up another time, possibly, if you guys really want to. Morgan looks like the if technician, Steve Broadway. <laughs> I do. He I'm nods. Like, oh. He nods. Well, I don't want to promise something that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I agree. Or, or all of you can come in and we'll just talk to you all individually. <laughs> No, we really will. We'll make another podcast and address some more issues. There were some some other ones that we talk about just 
um, when is there a point where you consider it a no from God um, when yeah. you're praying, or do you just can you know stay persistent the rest of your life, or do you say, okay, maybe He's answering this in a different way? Um, does God need us to pray? Which is, goes back a little bit to what we dressed with. Do things actually change if we do? Does something happen if we don't? Um, is it wrong to pray for things like success, safety, prosperity? Um, you know, all those kinds of questions that we get from people. So we do want to talk about those things. Yeah. So we will. We'll we'll address them on another podcast. But for today, don't go to sleep. <laughs> Finish driving. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye.